Welcome back, welcome back to the Basil Meets Podcast. That's a, that's a little intro I've been writing over the past uh, three months. And uh, yeah, I think it's ready. I think it's ready. I think the world is ready. So drop me a like and a subscribe and tell me how much you loved that little jingle over there. Yep, I know. It changes the dynamics of this podcast. That's for sure. I feel like a young Joe Rogan, if you know what I mean. Anyway, welcome back to the podcast. My name is Basil, if you didn't know. Um, as the name of the podcast suggested, Basil Meets. This is me. I'm Basil. This week's episode is with Wings of Angels. Two individuals, Shibu and Ruchi, they are awesome human beings who they've done a great project here in the UAE and they're expanding throughout the region and hopefully the world. Basically, they're they're doing a whole thing about accessibility and wheelchair accessibility um, and making sure that every building they ever visit has that wheelchair accessibility. It's a really cool story because uh, Shibu herself has, you know, she's she's been through a lot and she took it upon herself as a life mission to make this happen, and Ruchi as well, uh, helping her in this um, in this project or in this mission, if you will. So I really, really enjoyed the conversation with these two uh, wonderful human beings, and I think you will too. So uh, make sure you check this one out, and I want to give a big, 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 big shout out to Anrami for always letting me use their studio. These guys are pretty damn awesome. Okay, everybody, enjoy this one. We're just gonna start. Like I don't. I'm not even gonna like. I'm not even gonna give you like a briefing or a back. I'm just gonna start. That's what we're gonna do. Sounds like a plan. All right. I'm so excited. We've been we've Me been talking. Too. About, are you as excited as I am though? Yes, I'm not. Tr- I am I'm more excited than you. She's a natural. I'm telling you right now. She's like got this podcasting thing down. Guys, I'm so happy that you're here. First of all, thank you so much for making a pleasure. it. Pleasure. It's a Saturday, and uh, I know we all have our Saturday th- things to do, but we're here today together and we're having a great time on this podcast. Yes. So I'm super excited. Uh, Richie, Shibu, I want you guys to just at least introduce yourselves to the world and tell me who you are and then we're going to start having a fantastic conversation. Cool. Okay, so my name is Ruchika Kalra uh-huh. and I happen to be Shobika Kalra's elder sister. Now that's how the world knows me. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, well, uh, a few years back, we started an initiative called Wings of Angels. That's right. Uh, which is about creating awareness on wheelchair accessibility. Uh, we started this about uh, four or five years back and have built about 1,000 ramps in the past few years. That is insane. <laughs> That's absolutely crazy. Thank you. Like, I've, I was uh, just... So you would you rather be called with your nickname or your full name? Because I've heard a couple of names. I'm just like throwing them in there. You can call me Shubu. Shubu. Okay. So we're gonna we're gonna stick to that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I was just talking to Shubu before the podcast, and uh, I was telling you how inspired I was with this story. Right. So. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, you're welcome. I mean, uh, Ruchi and I we've known each other for quite some time, and uh, and I remember when you start started this thing. I think a couple of years ago uh, when we first met. And uh, and just in the span of the two years that you guys have had on working on this thing, 
it's just amazing when you're on your Facebook page to see how much you guys have done over the past couple of years. That's absolutely crazy. And I think the culmination of all of this is when I saw uh, a video of you two in front of an audience doing a dance. And I was like, well, this has to be the peak of your, <laughs> you know, of everything. You know? So what what was that? Like, did you, I think you got awarded something, uh, right? Just recently. Man, yeah, that was Prabhasi Bharti Rivas. So, like this very big award from the government of India. All right. Yeah. Ballin'. All right. <laughs> I think I think what we've achieved in the past few years, though, you know, while it uh, we are the faces of it, and primarily Shobika being the face of it, I think yeah. that a lot of credit has to go to a lot of these silent people who sit yeah. behind and work on it. For example, our social media channel is managed by a girl called Ramya, who independently, you know, uh, she's on the wheelchair herself, and she silently does everything on the back end. And really? then we have. Have, uh, Shout out to Ramya. Ramya, Shout yeah. out. <laughs> the, 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 the person who's behind all these great posts. Exactly. Awesome. Okay. And we have, a, we have a whole set of volunteers actually who, who work on the different aspects. And I think um, when we first started off, we had little idea on what we want to do. We want to create the awareness and all of that. But I think as we're progressing in, in, in the amount of time we've spent on this initiative, we're becoming more and more organized. You know? Right. I think when we started, we were just trying out what works, what doesn't, and now we've finally found it. Yeah, I think we had a burning desire that we want to make a difference. We want to create awareness. Uh, but there was, um, you know, it was it was a, a naive desire. Right. We almost thought it would be as easy as writing on people's Facebook page. Hey, you need to build a ramp and they'll build a ramp. Right. But we tried that a few times and it didn't really happen. Right. right? But now we know how to go about doing it. And we, we've also figured out, um, you know, who the key influencers are in an organization to kind of bring about wheelchair accessibility yeah and i think what's gonna top it all up is the launch of an app that we're coming up with um, you know all right we'll kind of get everything connected and uh, move things at a much faster pace well okay so you guys set it up quite nicely right so whoever's just coming into this podcast right now kind of knows what we're going to be talking about over the next hour um, and I just want to take a step back <laughs> and I want to know the origins of all of this, right? Yeah. So like what, ha- like how did this entire thing happen? What's the background? Uh, I mean, for the audience out there, they might not know the context of this. Yeah. So if you guys can share with us at least the background and we could take it from there and have me that conversation. And Ruchi, we had gone to watch a movie in India uh-huh. and then... That was like a small town, so it wasn't very big at all. So what happened is, uh, you know, like there were many steps to go to the seat of watching the movie. So uh, like four men had to carry me and I'm a big girl, so I didn't like it. You're not a big girl. <laughs> I mean, uh, for anybody listening, she's definitely not a big girl. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> <laughs> then what happened is, uh, you know, seeing this routine, like maybe I should go and speak to the manager about it. So she went and she spoke to the manager about it and he's like, um, you're facing this difficulty because uh, you've come from outside. Actually, there are not many people on the wheelchair in India. Uh-huh. And this really disturbed me and Ruchi and she came out and she told me about this. And we thought there's a need to create awareness about the whole thing. There are people in wheelchair in India as well. 
That's how. And that was in India. That was like how many years ago? What are we talking about? Four years. Four, five Four years. Four years ago. ago. Okay, so it all started from like you wanting to watch a movie. Essentially, that's you know, <laughs> I just want to watch a movie and I want to watch it in peace, basically. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's been a journey for us, you know. Um, so like obviously, I, I let let me take you a little before that incident itself, right? Of course, so, yeah. Shobika as a young child has been a phenomenal. Like when we when we were like. Four or five years old, uh, being Shobika's elder sister, I was always in the shadow. Right? right, she was this phenomenal child who was this bundle of energy, um, first in academics, first in sports, and you know all of that. And then at the age of about twelve, thirteen, she was detected with a very serious disorder called Friedrich's ataxia, which Friedrich's. Frederick's ataxia. That's a German name. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a complicated name. Okay. But in simpler terms, it means a muscle disorder that kind of degenerates your muscles over a period of time. Right. Okay. So at the age of 13, and you know, it was very difficult for Shobika as a child to understand what she's going through. Obviously, you know, with, with all the problems. And it was a terminal disorder also, so yeah. It so was a permanent disorder? It's a terminal disorder. Terminal disorder. Terminal disorder. Yeah, oh, yeah, whoa. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, as a young child, I think it, along with all the difficulties that teenage already has, um, we, this this whole thing was thrown at us. So both, I think, Shobika, me, and I think as a family, we, we, we weren't quite sure on what's happening. And um, uh, Sorry, how old were you, Shobika, back then? I was 13. Yeah. 13. Yeah. So that was 13 years old. You were diagnosed with this. And how did you guys, how did you guys find, find out? Like, how was this? Uh... Like, um, whenever I used to walk from my room to my mom's room, she used to just, uh, her room was across my room. Okay. So when I used to walk, I used to walk zigzag. I used to not walk straight. Oh. And my sister always used to walk straight. So my mom found this. And, you know, she just spoke to a doctor yeah. friend of hers. That doctor friend was my friend's dad. And because I was doing so well in school, he's like, you're just getting married. It's not, it's nothing big and all. Yeah. So, like, it so, wasn't even detected, like, but I think, yeah, I think the Interesting. fact that my mom's a psychologist, she kind of uh, beyond, like, you know, even before anyone else's eyes could figure this out, she did. So even though like um, her friend dismissed this, you know, her um, her friend's dad dismissed this as, as a concern, she still went ahead and got Shobika tested. Uh-huh. And that's how they discovered Shobika has Frederick's ataxia, which was probably the first case in all of UAE that like someone had this disorder. It's that rare a disorder. Wow. Um, so you guys were living one here. One person yeah. in one million people has disorders. Yeah. One person in one million gets. One person, not one person. Yeah. One person. So yeah, there are only wow. a few thousand cases across the world. Oh with, my god. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I think, I think, as 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 young children, what was it was not the intensity of the disorder itself that hit us, right? Right. But it was more, um, so for example, Shobika's uh, classroom, she was she was this kid who was doing very well in academics, right? But in a regular school, her, her classroom was on the first floor because mm. now she was moving to eighth standard, which was on the first floor. And right. now all the schools have lifts and all at that time. Like we didn't have lifts and all in our schools. Really? And this was here, right? It in was here. It was here. Dhabi. Yeah, in Abu Dhabi. Oh, okay. So, Shobika's, uh, because Shobika's class was on the first floor, mm. uh, there was an element of risk for her to fall down the stairs because, you know, she was losing balance. You know, she was not yet on the wheelchair. Right. So, back then, oh, you weren't on the wheelchair. Yeah. Okay, fine. So, 
and then uh, mom requested the school if they can actually move her classroom to the first uh, to the ground floor to which you know there were there was some regulation in place and the senior kids had to be on the first floor while the junior kids had to be on the ground floor which meant shobika had to drop out of the regular school uh, being a bright child primarily because she couldn't access her classroom on the first floor i think that the accessibility thing was at the back of mind even then yeah well, because why would shobika have to drop out of school you know it should be the other way around there should be a way there should have been a a, a kind of accessibility uh, for accessibility yeah but obviously that didn't stop her she went ahead to finish her schooling and graduation and post graduation through open schooling and other means but uh, as a child uh, who's 12 or 13 year old these kind of things go a long way in impacting uh, you know why me and 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 that yeah kind of i think thought. that that was oh, my it wasn't my by me Did you not feel I mean as a you know you were obviously going into your teenage years and you know did you not feel that like Ruchi was saying you know the the why me and and did that not occur yeah, to you I actually didn't I know I've always thought myself to be based on Yeah I think So though, despite uh, that you thought you were like still well I'm yeah, still very smart and like yeah. and I got this and I got this <laughs> above other people so Yeah All right, that's a good way to look at it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> what was very interesting was um, so it, it, in continuation of her of her thought, right? So Shobu was in, I think, a mode of denial, mm. and I think for a period of two to three years, um, she actually was very convinced. I didn't understand what was happening. It wasn't denial, probably. Ah, uh, okay. So you didn't get you didn't sort of completely grasp yeah, what was what happening was to happening. you. Okay. And then she kind of shut herself out from the rest of the world for a period of 2 to 3 years. When I say shut herself out is like physically shut herself out. She, really? So from being that outgoing child who was out there doing everything, she suddenly would not step out to even meet someone who would come home uh for dinner or lunch. You know, she would not meet guests because she was almost convinced um uh, that she will now she will find a way to get okay. and when she's okay she will step out and live like like nothing like happened you know thing. like like just erase everyone's memory about whatever happened interesting yeah, because it was so much it was a, it was i think very difficult but i think shobika's journey to success started uh, and and this is what i think is 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 a very strong message i would kind of want to tell anyone who's going through anything is i think the first step to any journey like this is acceptance like this is what's happening with me for the person to accept you mean is yeah, that yeah, yeah okay and and then you say okay now what next right right cuz shobika could have been in that room for the next 15 years of her life right but when she decided to get out of that room is when her progress or her success journey started back on like she was back on that track so uh, so that time when you um you decided you know i don't want to see the world and i want to stay in my room Was that th- at that time did you is that something because you felt this way or is it because it was physically hard for you to do that No no it wasn't physically hard I just didn't want to meet anyone because I didn't want anyone to see me on a wheelchair or anything Ah okay okay so I guess that's where it comes in right the the whole teenage years thing and yeah. and also the whole self-conscious thing yeah. as well and that kind of thing so no i completely get that i think you know i mean you know cuz as teenagers you know we've all been teenagers right at some point and we all felt self-conscious whether it's you know whether it's acne or whether it's looks or whether it's uh, something that like you've been through i think a lot of people um go through i think that age is very 
sensitive in general. And obviously, it's something that you've been going through that not anyone in your school or even the country, if you think about it, was yeah. going through it. So yeah. it must have been a burden for you. No one near me was going through what I was going through. So it was a very new thing. It was like I had to decide how I had to manage it all. I think that's yeah. that's a very big burden to carry. I mean, yeah. uh, you know, something like that at such a young age is definitely something um, you must have been. But I never with. thought of it as a burden because I thought like I can take care of everything. But that's amazing. Yeah, that's yeah. a great way to look at things. You know, it's a great and positive way to look at things. That's awesome. I think what was also very interesting is, so while she did cut herself out from the rest of the world, she used that time very positively. So she spent a lot of time reading and uh, doing yoga. Um, so at, but back then she was not wheelchair bound, but she was on the process of getting on the wheelchair. Gotcha. Um, um, and she developed this keen interest in natural products and natural cures. I was on the wheelchair and it wasn't as bad. Right, so she could ah, move okay. a little bit, yeah. right? But she she used that time uh, to read and discover, uh, you know, her her and interest. Yeah, in, I know a lot about food, in, about food, about natural products. To the to to the fact that till date she actually only uses natural products. Like so, none of her shampoos or or her face uh, creams are are actually chemical based products. She Mix them all at home and and no, she, she does a fantastic you, job. Wait, with so it. you did say mix them at home? Yeah, she does. You mix your own products at home? Absolutely. So like you're an entrepreneur, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's happening right now. She totally is, and 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 I think um, I mean I would have to give her the credit because because of her journey of self discovery through yoga and all this. I mean, she inspired me. I was a obese teenager who kind of lost weight because my younger sister was going through all of this process of learning these things, and you know. She kind of inspired me to to wow. lose weight as a teenager as well. Wow, that's crazy! Wow. So you like? Do you still abide by that? Do you still abide by the natural I products? Do. And you do. I live by them. And 100%. that's like food as well. Is it is is, is that is like so? Not just the like creams and the stuff like that. Even what you eat. So you guys, do you look at you know, for example, non-GMO or you know, uh, free range? Is that the kind I of stuff like, you look at or? I, I do take care of my food habits very closely. Really, and and I think also in terms of um, so when Shobika falls sick, for example, if she has a flu, she would never take um, a medicine off the counter. She cures it through either natural things or she kind of lets her body go through the. That's cool, and, man. No, that's... Shobika, that's, why are you laughing? That's it's not something to be shy about. It's it's something you should be proud you of. You know what though? I have to I have to say like I I'm kind of like that or I'm not like that, but I mean like I try to be. <laughs> So, for example, when I get sick, I try my best not to pill pop at all. You know, like I try my very best, like up until a point where I'm like, I'm so like devastated right now. I need something. Let your body heal, you know. Exactly. I think I think that's very important. Yeah. Absolutely. I think and, and you know, we undermine the uh, I mean, so I think the whole world is moving towards these things. And but but it's also about the element of belief, right? Uh, right. Because she believes so strongly in these things. I mean, I almost feel that. Uh, it does have a positive impact on 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 the entire totality of who she is as a person. For sure. And um, and she's also, I think, a big believer of the I power of thought. Instead of sitting and complaining and clipping, I'm better spend my time on natural products. Yeah, yeah. and I th- you're. It takes so much time. It's it's amazing because you sort of like totally took control of your situation. You know what I mean? Like in a hundred percent. I tried to. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, absolutely. 
So those two years were the two years where you used to, was it two years? Sorry, two to three years. Two to three I years. Think, I think, yeah. And that, those that's so you decided to educate yourself and sort of get. Um, I've always been very interested in all this. I thought, you know, what better time can there be? I'm getting so much time, so I thought it's the best time to learn all this. Right. And were you at the same time going to school as well? And were you actually, was that something that you were doing? Or in those three years, did you not? I, I, I was going to school. But yeah, when I was at home or something, I used to not go out. Or... Yeah, so ah, Shobika okay. would literally just go to her school and come back. So she was, uh, you know, just in and out, like very little interactions with other people. Mm. Uh, and um, Even when I used to go to school, I used to hardly speak to anyone. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. But That's... I think the, the moment this phase of her life ended, right? Right. I think um, that's when she really like spiraled up into. Um, so, for example, right after school was over, one fine day she told mom that she wants to attend university, mm. and uh, which which did come to, to us as a shock because you know she was almost feeling like this person who doesn't want to step out of uh, out of the house. But then she took this decision on her own, right? And she she signed herself up uh, for bachelor's in American University of Dubai. Oh, and I, I went there. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Whoa, alumni. What's going on? <laughs> cool. All right. Well, which year did you go? I went uh, 2010. I joined and do 2014. I graduated. Cool. So you're much younger than me. <laughs> like, Clearly. Hey, let's, let's not go there. Okay. <laughs> let's just stay with the same university and let's just end it there. <laughs> okay. So, so okay. So you signed up to AUD. Wow. Okay. And oh. So I want to ask, so you had those three years, you almost decided that you don't want to see the world, you want to be on your own, and then one day you, boom, snapped, and you're like, hey, you know what, I want to get out and see the world. I've that person, you know, my sister and mom say that I'm like a social butterfly. All right. I love being with people and also. Ah, uh, so that's, so did you miss people then? Is that what happened like after yeah. these? Yeah. I used to miss people. Did Did you also think that maybe university would be a brand new start, like uh, yeah. new people, new like everything? Yeah, they don't know anything about me, and also I thought, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes that's important, right? That's it's important to. I think a lot of people like go through that and they start thinking like, you know, I just want a brand new start. And it seems like that's what you wanted. It's like something that's yeah. nobody knows the the background. Nobody knows anything. They just know you as you because today. I felt like, you know, it wasn't, it was too much of pressure, you know, because people knew I was doing so well in school. So then they used to compare me with that person who used to not speak much or anything. This was a brand new start. Like, no one knew anything. Yeah. Ah, okay. That's so interesting. Yeah. That's so interesting. Okay. And so, you, when you joined AUD, you joined as a Bachelor's of Business yeah. Administration, you were saying? Okay. And any reason why you chose that? Uh, is that something that you wanted? or My just... sister has done marketing. Uh-huh. Did you really like my sister? So yeah. uh-huh. <laughs> Worked out for her. <laughs> yeah. Your sister is pretty cool. So. <laughs> Thank you. No, but I think what was also pretty cool is um, she not just decided to step out of the house, but also decided to take the metro to uh, university every day. All right. So she didn't want to be this pampered kid who gets dropped, um, you know, in a, in a car. Wow, you she... are badass. That's, <laughs> that's, uh, I, I never did that. So. <laughs> 
So she said, if I'm doing it, I want to do it all right. And um, she used to take the metro. So Rashidya metro station is very close to our house and all the way to AUD independently. And, wow. and, and when she first started doing it, I think, you know, as a matter of like, you're a little concerned. Yeah. But uh, yeah, she was born to be independent, I think. I mean, yeah, well, I mean, this morning, uh, sorry, just before the podcast, I just saw you downstairs coming out of the car on your own and... And I was like, oh, do you need any help? And you're like, no, no, I'll see you upstairs. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) I guess uh, no help then. But um, did that give you a sense of like freedom and independence when you started doing that? Yeah, I I like being on my own. Doing things on my own, I feel good about it. Yeah, okay. And how was your first day of university? My first day at university was very nice and... That was my first day. Seems like very uneventful. <laughs> like, you know what? It's just like any other day, really. No, like, everyone was nice to me and there was nothing weird about it. And was it, like, did you make friends and did you sort of, like, yeah. become part of, like, that? Was it, I guess what I'm trying to get to is, was it socially acceptable, like, very, you found yeah. it very much socially acceptable versus school, yeah, for example? Yeah, I think and, because... Um, I think, yeah, like, no one really gave me that feeling. That's awesome. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. But I think, I think um, what what was also very interesting is, um, you know, the effort you used to put behind it, right? Right, yeah. So for an ordinary kid, like, who, who went to university, would, would go to university, go back home, and, and that was it, right? Yeah. But for Shobika, when, for example, she used to write a three-hour exam paper with her, uh, you know, hands, it would it would pain for the next two days because her muscles were so strenuously used, right? But she Working did, out that pen. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's happening. But, 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 but none of this kind of um, was, was uh, you know, she would complain or anything like that. She would, she would just behave like, yeah, this is it. Like, this is how it's supposed to be. And she would kind of brave on and kind of do her thing the right way. And and did you find like studying difficult in university or still like the regular? Regular, I was very smart. I I know. Yeah, you said that. (laughs) You did say that. Also, extremely (laughs) modest, as you can see. You did mention it a few times. (laughs) I'm a little smarter than the rest. I don't know if you know this, but uh, I don't know if you realize. (laughs) But I can walk circles around you. so okay, so you you done that for a few years, and and then you graduated in two thousand and fourteen. You said yeah. that's the year I got married. So uh, woo, a lot of eventful <laughs> things happened in two thousand fourteen. For sure. Um, and so when that was over, so you're done with university, and you were like, cool. So what's next for me? Like, uh, did you think about like what would be next for you? Post graduation. Post graduation. Oh, oh. So did you do your masters? Yeah, I did my masters in oh. psychology. God, what? <laughs> you are smarter than <laughs> now the rest. I know. Why psychologist? Even like my mom a lot. Oh, oh. So you did your degree in psychology. Oh, all right. This is going to be a very interesting podcast then. <laughs> let's let's talk psychology. <laughs> okay, cool. So you've done that. You've done. You've done. Was that an AUD as well? No, it was a long distance thing from India. Okay, 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 okay. My wife did something similar, actually. She uh, she did like a program, a, univer- uh, a master's program, uh, where it was kind of like online, but she had to go every once in a while. So, uh, which was uh, which is very cool. I was I was thinking of doing the same, but then I chickened out the last minute. To be honest, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I wasn't sure if masters was for but me. Did you want to do your masters in? 
Uh, well, I wanted to do it in uh, communications and d- namely digital communications, but I didn't find a program that was um, that was easy for me to do in terms of like still work and do this. Like every program that I looked at, I had to travel, like leave my job and then and then go to whether it was Spain or London or something. And I couldn't afford to leave my job at the, mm. at the time. So I was like, you know what? I, I can't leave my job and I have to stick to this. And I, I, I couldn't eventually do it. But I think everything works out for the best. I you think know? it did. Yeah. yeah. Look at you. You're, I mean, you're doing like, exactly yeah. what you wanted to do. Right. right? I'm podcasting. That's what's <laughs> happening. You know, life just <laughs> threw me three microphones. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I think that's that's fantastic. So you did your 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 master's. Um, at, at that point, were you uh, in Dubai or were uh, you? So, you know, um, the phase... It's 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 very interesting because I think the phase that Shobika was going through her her toughest time, right? Like the time that she was, uh, you know, in 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 her room and all of the beginning of her university. I was actually away studying, so I was not were around. You? Yeah. Ah, where were you studying? I was I was in India for three years, and then okay. I was in UK for about a year and a half. Okay. And how often would you be coming back to visit uh, uh, your family? Not very often, right? As a university kid, you've got like a lot of commitments. Yeah. And then, yeah. And so, partying and yeah. <laughs> All that stuff, you know, yeah. Commitments. Yeah, 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 sure. Sure, you had commitments. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But, but, but I wasn't around. And and actually, when I came back, you know, so I remember leaving Shobika as the girl who could still walk around. And then I came back and, and I, I vividly remember the first time when I first saw her on the wheelchair. I think I... remember I, Ruchi was very scared to even touch my wheelchair. Because I, I didn't really? know how to react. But it's like, fine. I think it's fine. Because anyone would be scared. No, because, I mean, again, remember, I was also in my early... Like, okay, not early, yeah. actually, late teens. But it was just... Yeah. It was a shock for you. There's only a difference of two years. Yeah. So, I mean, you know... At the so, end, you hadn't seen each other for three years at that point? No, actually, I mean, we, 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 we would see each other. Right. But the first time... so. I had seen her not moving around much. Right. But the first time I actually saw her in a wheelchair, I was very awkward, uh, not knowing how to react or right. what to say. And again, like this is exactly what happens with a lot of people in life, right? Like, of course. Uh, you know, even, even today when you see someone on a wheelchair, there's mm-hmm. that level of, it's almost... What unco- do we uh, say? What do we, what do we say? Yeah. It's a silent, uh, silent, uncomfortable kind of uh, reaction people yeah. give to it's almost like yay i want i want to be cool yeah. like, i want to show that i want to be cool yeah. and then like it comes off across like across as awkward yeah. and like you're like okay look dude like i know you're uncomfortable let's just get this over with for the next 5 minutes you know yeah. so i know i i completely like i see why you might have felt that way and yeah. you know like and obviously like you guys are sisters and and like just seeing somebody in a certain way and then seeing them again in a different light a couple of like whatever time it was. I think even as kids we have been very close like yeah. Okay. But was a big shock like yeah. yeah. I think it was but but I think um, I was I was away for most part of the struggle and I have to give credit to my parents for very positively living through all of this you know. Yeah. Um, what's uh, what's uh, I mean, my father is an amputee himself, right? Really? So, okay. So the family has gone through uh, long periods of hospitalization and has seen... I was not even born then. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. My... You weren't even born then? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. So that was a while ago. Okay. Yeah. So my father met with an accident when my mom was expecting me. And okay. then uh, a few years later, like he had to get his leg amputated. And then uh, there was long periods of hospitalization. Right. And all of that phase. 
um so so the family has seen uh, a, a few uh, i would say you know tough times right. uh, from a health perspective yeah. um but what's nice i think what that's taught us as a family is to kind of remain positive right mm. so when my parents like my dad was going through six months of hospitalization for his amputation they actually wrote a book you know so now wow. you know where that comes from like when shobika was uh going through her phase she was actually reading and kind of learning more about herself wow right so i think i think my parents have really they wrote a book they did like they did. what book was it it's called tension management uh, tension management yeah yeah it was kind of uh, describing their their difficulties or their problems while the amputation and mom went has through. always been the rock like yeah really yeah but that's amazing yeah <laughs> that's amazing are you thinking of writing a book i don't think i'm good enough tonight what you were just talking for the last hour about how much smarter you are than I. <laughs> she suddenly changed her stance completely <laughs> you know what basson i'm not so sure if maybe, i'm that smart maybe i've sown a seed now you know we should go back and she's like i think i should write a book i'm th- smart I, you know i was on a podcast this is her like you know talking about her book in the future i was on a podcast once and he gave me a great idea um okay so how how fast was So by the time you uh, were away and you said that you you know things for you had changed as well um like became like you had to get on a wheelchair and sort of so how how long was it between when you went to university Richie and and yeah. and by the time that you became much more uh, reliant on your wheelchair was the transition fast or did it take time I think it was a period of four to five years, like this whole uh, whole episode of all of this happening. Really, that was just that was four years. Four, okay. Yeah, so a few years of her not stepping out, and then her beginning years of university. Oh, so that's all tied together. Tied together. Okay. Four five years, um, and then I think once once I got back here and started working. Um yeah that's that's when I kind of I also accepted like my sisters on the wheelchair. Right. And I think uh, the beginning of some of our struggles uh, of being on a wheelchair started, right? So every time you have to go out it's not just a matter of okay hey let's go here. Right. I came in and started going to university was all low. Fine with being on a wheelchair after school and university. It were two years. Hmm. after university yeah okay after school after school yeah okay yeah and taking two years off yeah oh you took two years off after school yeah okay okay fine and then so you took those two years off and then you went to university yeah okay it's all fine when i went to university uh so you, university for you was kind of like a very positive change yeah okay and th- but that was very wheelchair accessible right yeah yeah you need Yeah, I I remember that. Lifts and all and many ramps like everywhere thing. And I think they also have like a, a, a committee that sits and kind of that supported Shobika. Um there was a, I remember no. a supervisor who would who asked you if you wanted help on the exams if someone else wanted to write. I know she was very helpful, but there was no there wasn't a committee. Okay. Okay. So don't give credit where it's not due. <laughs> <you know? laughs> no, but they all were very nice. All my teachers and all they were very nice. Awesome. Okay. Yeah, because I remember AUD was a little bit um, advanced in that area. Like they, they really. I remember everything was wheel- wheelchair accessible. Yeah. Um, and you know, back in my day, uh, <laughs> you know, I had Actually, a lot. Actually, you know, if you're not on the wheelchair, you can't think a place is wheelchair accessible. 
When you actually use a place, will you actually come to know if it's accessible or not? Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. I think. It was. I, I think. I think that that that's another uh, interesting point that Shobika kind of brought about. You know. Mm. Um. So even uh, you know, kind of jumping to the app that we're launching. Uh, we wanted to ask questions on the app about wheelchair accessibility yeah. and make it really easy and dump proof, you know, for anyone to be able to answer questions around wheelchair accessibility. And that's the first time. So, for example, is the width of the place about four and a half footsteps? It's as easy as that. But visually, when you see a place, it's so hard to judge whether a place is accessible yeah. or not. And you might think it is. But uh, you were telling me before the podcast, yeah. you were saying like it should be four and a half uh, width. Yeah. I was like, yeah. oh, I don't know if it's four and a half width. Exactly. I, I can't even think about that. But, yeah. But, you know, it's 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 four and a half steps is not very hard to remember. Mm. But it's just that it's not defined like that. Like no, not too many people know that it's four and a half steps is a width. A wheelchair is required, mm. you know, the, to kind of enter. And, and with the app, what we're trying to do is also make it easy for people who are not on the wheelchair to understand or to ask questions around wheelchair accessibility and to be able to easily market one way or the other. Yeah. Uh, because the thing is, um, it's not just the lack of understanding, but even those who understand don't fully understand the concept, mm. right? So it has to be simplified and made that easy for people to kind of use and identify places so you guys um decided to do this you said two years two three years ago right no, it's actually been about four or five years four or five years yeah so we kind of obviously uh the the phases but when i met you we were kind of already into it for about two years but we we're trying to take it to the next level so this was wings of angels right yeah so it was always called that it was yeah. always called yeah. wings of angels okay yeah. so that's so you guys started this right after you finished your degree yeah okay Cool. So, uh, and, and how did that all come about? So, like, did you guys sit around and you're like, you know what? I, I want to go to this restaurant. It doesn't have wheelchair. No, no, it didn't start like that. <laughs> well, oh, yeah, Actually, it was the movie you were saying. What happened was, um, I, I used to go to university where Metro. So, what used to happen was the road to go to the footpath there didn't have a ramp. The whole uh, metro station was beach-friendly. If you can't get onto the footpath to go to the metro station, everything becomes useless. Yeah. Ah. So what happened was I noticed this. Then one day I had an exam, I remember. And there was no one nearby to help me and all. And, you know, I got so nervous and all. Now what do I do? I'll get late for university and all. Then I got very nervous and all. Immediately, you know, I somehow managed to get someone to put me on the ramp and all. To put me on the footpath. And then immediately I remember that day I went to RT, RTA. And like no one knew me over there. And I remember I went there and I spoke to some officer. And they all were very friendly and all. And they understood the concept. And they got the made in one week. Wow. And then I went around looking for the other metro stations. that don't have ramps. And I think this was our first project. Yeah. Whoa. That's a big, pro- a big first project. 
I think yeah that was also a big uh, first successful project right so you know if we, if we rewind before this what had happened was we we obviously had a desire we had a concept in mind yeah. uh, and uh, we thought it would be fairly simple but it wasn't right so yeah. writing on people's facebook walls was not going to bring about any change except for Probably, awareness and likes yeah. yeah and even the likes you know it's like first few projects you would have a lot of friends supporting you but then it becomes very died down kind right. of thing um so i think this project which shobika just spoke about with the rta um really brought about momentum and uh, i think it was like a i think like a trickle effect so you know the first few years were a little difficult all in terms of even getting volunteers who consistently work with us project success for example we had like we used to be very excited about the fact that we had 50 ramps on our you know shoulders like you know those were the kind of wins we were celebrating uh, and and everything in general but once we started getting momentum more and more people started joining us more and more awareness started getting created um, i think um, it was way more impactful mm uh the good thing has been that uh we, we've worked with very key organizations and some very key people so we've had some big wins like the rta imar you know babal shams we have uh, and you would go to all these individually like emirates you would emirates and bd emirates and bd yeah they've been very supportive really uh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah they've they've got a whole jumeirah branch that yeah, is we know greater that branch yeah really shobika went and consulted as What? well <laughs> that's crazy that's a really big like big deal projects yeah yeah so would you go to these uh companies individually and you pitch to them or yeah. like how would that work so you know we, we we've again done a few trial and error methods so we yeah. have something called the ramp days where we basically request volunteers to come out and you know identify places and speak to managers on ground and convince them and you know create awareness etc at the end of this ramp day we have about 70 to 80 places that we identify on an average ramp day in 2 to 3 hours um but what what happens is most people who are on ground are just um, you know uh, are messengers they're not really decision makers right so what we've then started doing is you started using ramp days as a way to identify places mm. but we reach out to the key contact people on linkedin right so you reach out to the ceo of an organization and, and they would respond they would respond and if they want to make a decision you're talking about 200 places that get a ramp you know with a click of a finger so it's 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 simultaneous effort you identify places on ground and then you kind of get the ceos to make a difference right but mm-hmm. you know all ceos all of them they are little yeah but like i'm i'm saying managerial positions like obviously not yeah. all ceos like high execs and high execs and yeah. but what what is happening right now and and again i'm linking it back to why the app is we have a three or four ramp days right and then we have a lot of this data but that yeah. never really gets churned into action mm. so what mm. we're trying to do with this app is build a three way platform so firstly all the places that are accessible or not accessible a wheelchair user should be able to know these places right right so today if if a wheelchair user logs on to this app they'll be able to see which places accessible or not accessible by um, segment right so if i want to go to a restaurant i want to go to a hotel i can see places that are accessible or not accessible right for volunteers every day is a ramp day 
right? So I don't have to wait for it to happen three or four and days. And 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 fifteen twenty people get involved. No, on ramp ha- day. No, you have you have had ramp days where we've had like a lot of Emirates NBD volunteers as well come I, in. So the companies also yeah, help you. Or- limited number of volunteers, no. Mm. Mm. So. Yeah, but you are right. Companies do help. Uh, but the the point was like at the end of the day, um, fifteen or seventy or eighty, it's still two or three days, right? Mm. Now you can be doing this at, at uh, as an everyday every habit. Day. Now right. I, I, I at mean, scale every day, every day, mm. and we're gamifying this, right? So for every information that you enter around this, you will get a point, and then you get a chance to be a volunteer of the month. Right. right? Okay. So it it kind of motivates volunteers as well to yeah. actively be on it and the third aspect is organizations so tomorrow if i go to say a organization they will be able to log in and see a list of accessibility scores for all the outlets listed under that organization mm. so from the organizational view so that would probably fasten the process because we're not just talking ramp with our app we're talking different aspects like bathroom accessibility fire safety um you know uh, obviously things like cashier you know right. w- w- ramp is obviously element a bathrooms yeah uh ramps is just element a but if i look at some of the very developed countries in the world you know things like cashiers are lower um mm. you know uh, things like uh, fire safety is so important right ever thought of it like if you're on the second floor and the building catches a fire how would you get a person mm. from the second floor down to the ground floor right right most people yeah, never do are, actually you're, yeah, you're right no, no one's aware and no one's equipped so we are asking these kind of questions on our accessibility format and on are the there app. buildings today that are equipped in that regard so when you're talking about fire ex- access uh, fire escapes and stuff like that uh, for people on wheelchairs, is that is there a lot of buildings right now that have this? Um, currently, no. Currently, not. Okay. But it's something that's catching on. Okay. And and again, through the app, we believe that we'll be able to create that awareness because we ourselves, you know, while we are building these questions, kind of started thinking about these aspects and were surprised how many elements there are to accessibility beyond the ramp. Right. So, are you guys considered like a now now that you do this? Are you registered as an NGO or? Registered. We're registered with the CDA. Okay. Um, What's the CDA? Non-profit organization. Community ah. Development Authority of Dubai. Right. Okay. As a non-profit organization. Um. So yeah. Okay. So uh, so three years in or however long it was, <laughs> uh, keep like missing the math, but um, you've built a thousand ramps. You said right, a thousand plus ramps. Yes. And do you meet other people on wheelchairs? who uh, tell you like maybe their journeys, uh, they share with them with you their stories, or at least somebody who was directly impacted by something that you've done? Yeah. Yeah? And how does that feel like when you when you come across these people and tell you like, you know, you've really done something for me that, that kind of changed my access towards something, you know? I feel like I've done something very positive because I remember this one person I remember she was telling me that you know she feels more confident when i do you know just seeing me she feels very nice so oh that's great so like she sees you kind of as an inspiration yeah. to her sure because that's awesome. yeah i think i think by breaking the barriers of of the house and moving out and you know doing things that she believes in um 
definitely has set an example like i'll give you a little like again if i kind of pull back into some of our earlier interviews right shobhika would not speak because she was very conscious about the slurring of her speech right and uh, she would say that people don't understand me so i don't want to speak today she doesn't care about if people don't understand her no really. i'm going to speak <laughs> and she says i'm going to speak and and they will have to find a way to understand me so now that's just a shift in mindset but that goes a long way in encouraging people around her who probably have a similar difficulty to actually have the same attitude at the end of the day um you know you should not stop speaking because people around you are not able to understand you they yeah. have to find a way to adapt and understand you know well i mean everything you've said so far you've said with a smile on your face you know and i think there was a, like a really positive thing about you you know and uh, there's nothing you've said so far that wasn't like we had a, like a big smile on your face right now you know so so i think that's great and you know it's it's amazing that all, all the odds around you you still like did everything that you did and that's absolutely phenomenal and like i saw the other day um like i was just telling you guys about you guys in front of like a big audience and dancing so it's amazing going from uh you know not wanting to speak to going in front of a big yeah. audience and public speaking that takes a lot of guts and when we danced that was for ruchi's wedding was that your wedding i guess that no was... wait there was a, so, so maybe i'm talking about something else i yeah. think there was an award that you guys just recently got yeah uh, you, you were you were talking on a mic if i'm not mistaken okay Uh, and, and oh, you were dancing something was happening it was on wings of <laughs> angels uh, page i saw Listen, it i was not dreaming both of us dance a lot uh, but <laughs> <laughs> somehow the two videos uh, sound like two different videos but maybe <laughs> I, i've merged them together but i did see like you just want something in india you said the government yeah, of india yeah, gave you something she did, she did. so what was that and that was the may pick about from the government of india and they asked me to be a speaker also so one day i spoke over there so yeah there you go you spoke in front of a major audience yeah there were like 40000 delegates over there oh my god yeah <laughs> that's, so, so it's, a, it's that's not easy at all <laughs> that's like that's nerve wracking right to get up there and talk in front of all these people that's crazy that's that's really crazy that's awesome so yeah. uh, so uh, you what was that award And first, um, and the board was called, uh, you know, women who create change. All right. Yeah. Shobeka was, was recognized. Isn't today Women's Day? Was it yesterday? Yesterday. 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 Ah, if only we did this podcast yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> It's so good. <laughs> It's all right. It's okay. We'll pretend that we did this yesterday. So happy Women's Day, everybody! Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> cool. So women who create change. Amazing. Dude, that's that's awesome. That's, Thank that's, you. That's fantastic. Okay, and that was just like a few weeks ago, right? Yeah, one month ago. One month ago, yeah, because we were trying to organize this podcast, yeah, yeah. and and I was told you were traveling for the longest yeah. time. Okay, all right. Well, uh, after that, I remember I went with three weddings. Aha. Uh-huh. Indian, all the Indian weddings are like seven, seven days long. So Shobika has literally spent a month in receiving an award and attending three weddings. Ah, <laughs> so maybe that's where the uh, dance footage came from. Probably, <laughs> that's, probably. That's probably where it came from. Probably. Okay, because I saw you guys. Um, you know, I mean, your your Facebook page is super active. Yeah. And I always see like updates happening, and I always see like videos of you guys at some building or something where you just unveiled. a new ramp or something like that that must be like a very 
sort of eventful um, experience I've had over the past few years, right? I mean, yes. how many people have you met? How many people have come into your life? How many, uh, you know, how many, how many uh, stories have you impacted? You know, that must have been yes. a very eventful few years. I think for sure. Uh, it's, it's again, I think it's, it's a lot of give and take. Um, right. I think through this journey, it's not just like, you know, while again, like we appear as the faces of this initiative, I, I promise like this would not be what it is if we had, we did not have such a strong set of uh, people That's who are, who are so closely mm. working on this initiative to kind of, you know, someone's building a website, our app is being built by a friend, uh, someone's working on, uh, you know, he, uh, there's a, there's a volunteer who runs marathons and every time he runs, he, he clicks a picture with the Wings of Angels flag. So there are lots of different people who are trying to be ambassadors and spread that awareness. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, obviously we've... Thousand ramps sounds like a great achievement, but you know what this has done to us is kind of build us as better individuals. Um, you know, back to the point where Shobika four five years back was nervous about getting on a stage and speaking. Today she speaks so confidently. It's all a gift of Wings of yeah. Angels back to Shobika. Wow! Right. So I wow. think uh, it's 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 great how good karma comes back in circles. Well, you guys seem very passionate about this project. You know, like the, the way you guys are talking about it seems like you're very passionate. Is that something that, you know, you want to sort of invest in nonprofits uh, moving forward? That's something that you guys want to do. That's something that you guys want to keep building. Do you want to expand beyond ramps? Like you were saying earlier, you want to do yeah. things like fire escapes and so on. And do you want to go to other countries? Like, or is yeah. it just UAE? So I think as a vision, I think Wings of Angels, uh, the true success of this initiative would only lie uh, the, the the broader reach it has and the more it moves away from an initiative uh, status to an everyday life status. Right. And we genuinely believe that the app would kind of bring about that uh, kind of ease for the project. Um, I think phase three of this project would be how successfully we are able to integrate this app into making it an everyday affair. So we have friends who are currently working on creating communication, for example, and the more people understand and the more people are convinced on downloading and using this app, right. we'd be able to get the broader reach that we want. We'd be able to get this everyday initiative uh, feel and um, kind of obviously, I, I, you know, I want to be sit, sitting here someday and talking about a million ramps, not a thousand ramps. Yeah. It's not only about the app, I feel it's even about Oh, inspiring and empowering so many people on the wheelchair mm. and beyond actually you know it's actually not just the people on wheelchair but there are people who are probably uh, missing a purpose yeah. in life uh, there are people who are looking for beyond their everyday nine-to-five job because that's not what's fulfilling them so it's it's you're right Shobika actually it's not just about the ramps but it's also about that social uh, empowerment to people to kind of uh, bring about a change and to create something positive beyond you know their everyday life or their everyday journey yeah I mean I think inspiring people and you know especially like where you said like purpose is very important you yeah. know and I think just hopefully people listening to this will get inspired by just your stories, you know, like, you know, you just sort of um, rising up from something that was supposed to be, you know, um, not great for you. But then you rose up and you made it your own and and you sort of built this thing, which was super amazing. Like it's so many it's touched so many different lives. And I love that story you were saying that. 
you know, this person looked at you and, and you've inspired her and stuff like that. I think that's amazing, you know, and to be able to do that, not a lot of people um, are able to do this, you know, like not a lot of people are able to inspire people and, and not a lot of people care, to be honest. Like a lot of people just don't care to inspire and give people purpose. And they're just like, ah, whatever, I just want to make a paycheck. <laughs> and that's so it. many people are blessed to inspire so many people. Yeah. But I think... also have to be blessed. No, I also think there are lots of people who want to actually make a change. So through this journey, I've, I've come across at least a lot of people who say, you know what, I want to help. But people don't know how to channel that, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And that's one. And secondly, like a lot of people want to find the easy way out. So can I donate? You know, that's the easiest uh, and the most simplest thing that a lot of people ask. Yeah. We don't accept donations, for example. What, what we want is people's time and mm. people's mindset change. Now, that's like a little bit of a tougher route. Yeah. Um, yeah, money is the easy way out almost. It's always the easy way yeah, out. It's like, here's my money. Just like, I feel good now. I feel so, good. <laughs> yeah, so don't you worry about me. No, I, I agree. I think it's, the tougher thing is to actually put time and effort into this. And you're right. Look, a lot of people have the, I think they have that in them that they want to help and they want to do something different and they want to do something better for the world. I think a lot of people have this actually. A yep. lot of people yep. want to, they want more meaning to their life yep. rather than just working, you know? And uh, and I think by you guys giving them these avenues, I think that you could potentially give more avenues for people to start helping and giving their time and effort. And it's not easy, yeah, like to convince people to do that. It's uh, it's because everybody has to find that time and everybody has to find the effort to do it. For sure. So, so yeah, it's, it's amazing that you guys actually make that happen for people you know so and you're saying like every time you do a ramp day it could go between 15 to 70 people um and that's a lot i mean you it's it's hard enough getting people to like a barbecue you know (laughs) (laughs) and you guys are getting them out for like helping and putting ramps in in buildings around dubai Yeah, yeah yeah no i think i think um um people want to make a change people just don't know how uh, and and actually every drop in the ocean counts, right? Yeah. So every single time you identify a place that's not accessible, but just a simple conversation with the manager and making them recognize that this is an inaccessible place, you you will be creating a chain of changes that will follow. Yeah. And, and people need to realize that that little conversation is so important and kind of start having those conversations with people. I think one thing that's really interesting you should probably check out uh, have you heard of Charity Water? No. So uh, if you guys are into like the whole um, nonprofits and stuff like that, uh, I, I really encourage you guys to check it out. Uh-huh. So Charity Water have a, have a really interesting story. Um, the person who runs it was like apparently like a clubber and like a uh, guy who ran clubs in New York and stuff like that. And he at some point felt that, well, he doesn't want to do this anymore. He wants more meaning in his life and more purpose in his life. So uh, he became a photographer in uh, war-torn countries and a photographer in areas that are poor and stuff like that. And he realized that the biggest problem in the world is scarcity of water. And uh, he started the charity called Water, uh, water Charity. Um, and Or Charity Water, sorry, I, I forget the name. But, um, but the story was the way they marketed the whole uh, organization was not to make people feel bad, you know, like, oh, you know, you haven't helped out, so look at this poor person, he can't have water, blah, blah, blah. It almost melt. what they did was they built communities around that, and they made people feel proud to be involved in that sort of thing. And I heard it on a podcast 
called um, uh, Masters of Scale. And the episode was about Charity Water. And I really encourage you guys to listen to it. It's really, really interesting how they marketed the whole charity and how they got uh, people involved. And now they're like one of the biggest organizations in the world. In fact, when I was in New York um, last year, I was uh, walking in the street and some person came up to me and like just like a couple of hipster kids came up to me and uh, they were talking. They were like, you want to be involved in giving charity to like people around the world? And they were like really cool kids. And I just wanted to listen to them. I'm like, yeah, sure. Tell me more about what you guys are doing, you know. And uh, and until today, I keep receiving emails about uh, water ch- charity water, and like it's it's just really cool. I really like encourage you guys to check that out. That's I think you show. could definitely get some ideas of how to like expand beyond like the app and stuff like that. And maybe uh, build like yeah. really effective communication to get people involved because they want to because they want to be a part of a community and. You know that kind of thing, and I think that really um, that, that 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 was really cool. Yeah, Yeah, I think that yeah, after that, yeah, very important to expand and build a community. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Which I think you guys kind of already are doing, like you, because you already have these um, people who come out to the ramp days. So like already, you kind of have a community brewing, and you have the the Facebook page that already has people on it. So. You kind of almost on that direction already, you know. So, sure. uh, so, but it's interesting always to look at these charities around the world and what they're doing. It's, for it's sure. interesting to learn. Yeah, yeah for sure. For yeah. sure. There's a lot for of sure. stuff in there. I think that's very, very interesting. But yeah, I thought that's something that would uh, really be uh, no, cool for you, you guys to check out. Thank so you. So, Masters of Scale, really cool podcast, yes. and that episode in particular is really cool. We will hear it. Yeah. So, guys, I mean, I'm uh, I'm super happy that we got to do this. We're, um, we're glad <laughs> you know thank you for having us yeah i mean i hope this was cooler than the other podcast <laughs> that was very informal like, that was very informal oh, i'm very informal you're yeah. because confused now she's like my smartness is not no. playing uh, helping me anymore because <laughs> i feel i'm very informal <laughs> you know i hardly prepare for my podcasts by the way i just sort of walk in i'm like, like see. we have mics and all that we didn't have mics and all that so that's what ah, she meant okay okay cool i'll let it pass <laughs> i'll let this one slide um so what's what's your next major project like what are you guys going to do next I think uh, when when the app is ready in a few months, we want to do a big launch for the app where we actually get key stakeholders of different organizations together so that we are able to kind of launch it with a big bang. We also have a very big production house from India who's... uh, agreed to develop the communication supporting the app. Awesome, okay. Um, so we have a very, very interesting um, challenge in the pipeline that would be launched along with the app. So we're kind of betting our um, next phase with the app and the communication and the and event that event supports it. What my new project also. Oh, For yes, sure. please. Okay, I'm trying to get like all subways around the world. We just need to get ramps and all. All subways yeah. around the world? Yeah. Wow, that's an ambitious uh, plan. No. Actually, <laughs> I went to in the headquarters of Subway over here. And they were very nice and helpful. And they're like, we'll try to do it in Dubai. And we'll speak to our headquarters in LA or somewhere. What? That's interesting. Yeah. The, sub- the subway headquarters here is in LA? 
Yeah, the mean one. <laughs> the subway. I think she means the brand subway, the sandwich. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. I thought you meant the metro. The metro.Ay. That's I. For some reason, I started thinking about the New York yeah. subway, yeah, and I, I was like, even even I started thinking of that, and I then, was like, oh, the sandwich subway. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> okay. All right. Cool. 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 Okay. Yeah. Oh, that that's actually still that's a really big deal. I love Subway. So this is not a Subway commercial, by the way. It's just, <laughs> Subway, you haven't paid for this podcast. So I might just bleep this out, actually. <laughs> okay, so you, you that's your next project? You want to you yes. do that? Okay. Doing that. And have you, like, has uh, Subway here locally in the UAE, uh, have they built building a lot of ramps and stuff like that around their... They said they have involved the engineers. Now they'll be, re- I think, to build the ramp, they need to refurbish the whole thing. Okay. They said they're working on it and I keep following up, so I'm sure it'll happen soon. Oh, wow. And, and when did you guys start this conversation? We started this, I think, around five, six months back. Okay. But these kind of things usually take time because take you need time. to kind of have yeah, the right person. Having, yeah, having right. the whole world involved is like a big thing. Wow, that would be a huge thing, huh? Like if you guys managed to pull that off, yeah, we'll be right. talking about... Hundreds of thousands of ramps, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, so, so Subway in LA are going to be also looking at this. Where was it? LA or somewhere else? I don't remember where the head office is. They told me, but I forgot. That's cool. Well, whatever it is, that's that's pretty fantastic. So that's your next big project. You're working yeah. on a okay, not the subway stations, but the subway, <laughs> the actual sandwich subway. Now you made me hungry. Actually, now I really want a subway. Um, cool. All right, that's fantastic. Um, well, I mean, guys, I mean, I'd love to like do this again at a point where like before you launch the app or something, um, we could do like another push. I'd love to support you guys. Thank you. Um, I don't know how, how like maybe like the ramp days, if you have one again, I'd love to join as well. That would be really cool. That'll be wonderful. Yeah. And I would love to maybe like my wife and I can come with you guys. It'll be really cool. Um, and, uh, and before you launch the app. Um, you know, we'd love to also support you on that. So in whatever way we can, that would be fantastic. Listen, um, I, you're to. always my go-to person when it comes to any form of digital media, yeah. social media. So. so you hear that world? <laughs> I'm not all smoke and mirrors. You know? <laughs> no, so for sure, I'm, 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 I'll, I'll definitely keep you involved and engaged. And thank you. Absolutely. Well, thank you, guys. Thank, thank you so much. You. I absolutely love this. This is fantastic. Um, you guys are super positive. You guys are like, I, I just want to go and save the world after this podcast. I don't know how, but maybe we'll just start with ramps <laughs> and then and then work our way from there. But thank you guys so much. I really appreciate our it. Our pleasure. Thank you. All right.